Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Um, I titled tonight, It's Different in the Kingdom. And we're going to talk about healing tonight. And we'll probably move on and talk about other provisions in the kingdom at some point. I'm not sure, but I really felt like uh, healing was where we needed to go uh, next. In Matthew 4, verse 23, I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching, and that word teaching means instructing. He was literally giving instruction. Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching. The good news of the kingdom. This word preaching is often, I mean, I'm called a preacher. You know, most pastors are called a preacher. But really, we're all preachers. And I remember my dad always really tried to emphasize that to people because it means, it means to proclaim like a herald. Like when something would happen in the, in the kingdom, you know, the herald would go out, blow the little trumpet and proclaim something. Jesus was a proclaimer and what he was a proclaimer of is important. He was proclaiming, preaching like a herald, the good news of the kingdom. And you know, we as believers, even though there are times that we have to cover tough things, and we have to stand and be light, and we have to be salt of the earth, and we have to be the pillars of truth in society, most of the time, our job is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And I can remember, you know, thinking as a child when my dad would, would ask the question from the pulpit, what's the good news to the poor? What's the good news to the sick? You know, what's, what's the good news to the lost? You know, salvation. Jesus was the proclaimer of the good news of the kingdom. So we live in a culture, we live in, a, in the earth, we live in the United States of America, but we are, we're different. We're different. It's like when the children of Israel were in Egypt. They were the, they were the children of Israel. They were a kingdom within a nation. And we've talked about this before, about Christianity. We as Christians are a kingdom within a nation. Which means we live here, but we're really not of here, and, right? The scripture teaches us that. And because we are of a different kingdom, we kind of have a different way of doing things. Like when, when we need provision, we give. Well, that doesn't make sense outside the kingdom. It only makes sense inside the kingdom. And so we talk different inside the kingdom. It's, it's different in the kingdom. And Jesus starts proclaiming and heralding the good news of this kingdom. Not everybody got it, but some people did. This is what happened next. He taught, instructed, he proclaimed and preached the good news of the kingdom, and healing... Every, all, the King James Version says, NIV says, every disease and sickness among the people. Nothing was off limits for him to heal. He didn't say, but you got this from smoking. He didn't say, this heart issue is from, I mean, yes, we use wisdom. 
But sometimes we come into wisdom a little late in life. And some damage is done in our bodies, right? We've overeaten. We've, we've lived off junk food. You know, you can get away with that in your 20s. But, man, when you start getting in your 30s, 40s, 50s, that is, you start looking and going, oh, man, I should have looked at this a little differently. So there's some damage that's done to the body sometimes. Jesus didn't stop and, no, there was nothing off limits for him. He healed people. He healed people. I love that about him. And it says the news about him spread all over Syria. And people were brought to him who, were in, who had various diseases. They were suffering with severe pain. They were demon-possessed. They had seizures. They were paralyzed. He healed them. Just, he healed them. No, no questions asked kind of insurance, you know. It's, no exam needed. They came to him. He healed them. And this word healing, we're not going to get deep into this tonight. We might get into it in a, another night. But there's, there's two words that are predominantly used for healing uh, in the Greek. And this one, it looks like the word therapeutic, really. It's, it's spelled different. If y'all want to know how to spell it in Greek, I'll, I mean, the English version, I'll spell it to you. But T-H-E-R-A-P-E-U-O, therapeuo. And it means, according to Renner, who, who I like to study for the Greek, it's, it's a healing touch that often requires a corresponding action. Like Jesus said to the man who was paralyzed, take up your bed and walk. Jesus healed him, but there was a corresponding action required from the person. Go dip in, in the pool. Go, you know, go wash in the pool. Go dip in the river. He, he would give these instructions, and the people did them. The guys that were healed, and they... When they go show yourself to the priest. So there was this corresponding action to what Jesus did. A lot of that falls under this word. And if we, if we get into it and study, I just want you to be aware that there are a couple of different words. We'll talk about the other one uh, in a little bit. Going back to Mark 4, I want us to realize that, I mean Matthew 4, that they weren't here healed until they heard They weren't healed until they heard. And that's why it's important for us to touch on this subject because in, inside the kingdom, inside Christianity, this subject is greatly debated. Is healing for me? It's greatly debated. I, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about why, because I think it's. I think it's important. Why is it debated? Why is it doubted? You can talk out loud. This Bible study. Experiences, their own experiences. They prayed about it. They didn't see it happen. So therefore. It must not have been God's will. True ignorance. It's not stupidity. True ignorance of the word. Tom, you said something and I missed it. Lack of wisdom. Lack of wisdom. That's good. Also, 
No faith. Well, faith comes by. That's exactly right. If we don't know the word of God, we don't know the will of God because the word of God is the will of God. When we want to know the will of God, we go to the word of God. And we can't have faith until we do. We can't have faith until we know. Mom? Yes. They give up before they see it. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? Still good to be in the kingdom, isn't it? Even even <laughs> it's it's still good to be it's good to be in the in the kingdom because and you know I, I love a teaching that Brett did uh, a while back and I think we had him teach it over here he did it in Timothy Project as well that um, death is not a failure uh, for the Christian and so being in the kingdom is still a good thing still a good thing so they weren't healed until they heard and what they heard that made them able to receive is what we're going to call the good news. It's good news. And a lot of times what we're hearing is not good news. You know, we're not, we're not hearing good news because somebody's speaking out of their experience or, or, or something that they've heard. So at least this week and next week, we're going to talk we're going to teach. We're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to look. We're going to look in the scripture. We're going to examine some things. We're even going to examine some things where we go, hmm, was Jesus saying no there? Like when the woman came to him and she wasn't covenant. So we're, we're going to look at some of those things. And, and, I mean, why not weigh these things out and make sure that we're on the right track? Faith stops where the question mark is. Charles Capps. It's a classic statement. I'll never forget it uh, when he taught it. Faith stops where the question mark is. Because faith is believing we receive when we pray, right? That's what the scripture tells us, that we're supposed to believe we receive when we pray. That's faith. So if we have a question on if it's the will of God or if God would do it for me, then our faith stops there. So we've got to take care of this question mark in our minds before we can have faith. Was there sickness in Genesis chapter 1 or 2? No. In the Garden of Eden. God, God didn't create this world and say, hey, I'm going to put sickness in it to make sure that if I need to use it to teach them something, it'll be there. We may blow a lot of religion out of the water tonight. He didn't. That's not this, the will of God. He prepared this garden for mankind and set him in it. That's a good day. That's a good day. And there was no sickness in that garden. In fact, there was a tree of life provided in the garden. They had a choice between a couple of trees in the garden, if you'll remember, and they kind of picked the wrong one, just kind of like he told us. 
I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your children may live. So we're still getting that choice put, put in front of us, aren't we? So there was not sickness in Genesis chapter 1 or 2. Can I just put in my notes? Why not? Why, why was there not sickness in Genesis 1 2? Because it wasn't the will of God. He set it up. He put in the garden what he wanted in the garden. He set it up for man. What was the entrance of sickness into the earth? Now, let's make it really, really clear. Just because you're sick or have a physical attack on your body does not mean you have sinned. It means that when Satan entered in and man bowed his knee to a cursed God, curses came with that cursed God into the earth. That's why when you plant a garden, fruits and vegetables are not the first thing that comes up. Weeds are the first thing that comes up, right? It doesn't mean you didn't plant a garden. It just meant this cursed earth produces stuff, viruses, bacterias. It, it produces stuff not because of God, but because of the cursed little G God, the scripture calls him, that Adam and Eve bowed their knee to and gave Satan the right to mess with planet Earth. They were supposed to hedge it about. You can go back and study Genesis. God told them, here you go. I'm putting you in it. Hedge it about and you keep it. They didn't hedge it about. They didn't keep him out. And so when they let him in, that's when we start seeing death. Wasn't until then that we started seeing death. And we could go back and read all that. It would take us weeks. But you can go back, check it out, and read that story again in Genesis. Well, you'd have to start in one, but in particular Genesis 3, that's really when it starts getting into it. So it was not the will of God. It was not the will of God. It came with the curses it happened with the curses. Has God's will changed? No. And what I love about the tree of life is we see it in Genesis, and then we see it again in the book of Revelation, which tells me from Genesis to Revelation, the tree of life was his plan for you. He started with it, he'll end with it. And the leaves were for the healing of the nations. That'll be on the, that'll be, on the new earth, the new heaven and the new earth. That's where that tree, you can go read it. I believe it's in chapters 21 and 22, really, that mainly deals with the new heaven and the new earth. Anyway, we'll do the book of Revelation this year. At some point, we want to go through it again verse by verse, and we'll cover that when we get there. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Why? It's just not in God. That's God's domain. And if sickness is not in God's domain, and I am in his kingdom, then I have a right to stand up against physical attacks in my body. Because my rights come from my citizenship 
of the kingdom. I, I think sometimes we just, um, we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to resist. The scripture says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. But sometimes I think we don't know what does that word resist mean. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that some. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight or not. But did Jesus, I know I'm asking you all a lot of questions because I want you to answer them <laughs> in your own head. Did Jesus desire it to be on earth as it was in heaven? Yes. Is there sickness in heaven? Did we cover that? No. But in Matthew 6 and verse 9, Jesus himself, he said, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father in heaven, y'all going to do King James Version, aren't you? I'm in the NIV. I'm going to mess you all up. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as. What do you think Jesus' will is? Do you, do you think Jesus prayed according to the will of God? Then do you think God wants it to be on earth as it is in heaven? Do you think that's his heart's desire? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus prayed according to the will of God. And no human, no human knew the heart of God like Jesus. He had been with him from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I mean, when was the beginning? I don't have a clue. I, if you can figure that out, let me know. But my mind only goes back to creation, and it was before that. So, he knew him. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. I know we're going at this a little different angle tonight, and I don't know why, but um, sometimes Jesus asked, he, he would teach by asking questions, and I actually learned this from a really brilliant woman in the church who had uh, raised children, and when I was dealing with my children, she taught me that if you ask a child a question and they answer it, they, they can't rebel against their own answer. So, you know, her, her, her saying was, hey, I want to go to this party. Can I go to this party? And she'd say, I don't know. You tell me why you should go to this party and why you shouldn't go to this party. And in answering the question, the kid answered their own question, and then they couldn't rebel against it because they're the one that said it. So if your children are present, sorry, I just ruined that for you. They'll know what you're doing, but um, Jesus taught that way. That's how he dealt with the Pharisees and their rebellion. He'd ask them a question, and they would be like, oh, we can't answer that because if we answer that, we've answered that. And so... I'm asking you questions tonight so that you have to answer that. And then you can't rebel against what you answered. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. I'm reading out of the NIV. Uh, jumping in the middle here. Uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That's a good day, boys and girls. That's a good day. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In whom, in Jesus, in whom we have redemption. Oh, redemption. We need to do a study on redemption sometime. 
that word, redemption. I, I looked it up uh, in the concordance. It said a releasing affected by the payment of a ransom. A releasing that was affected by the payment of a ransom. Jesus paid the price for your redemption. Therefore, you're released. The effect is you are released. Isn't that good? In whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image. We're going somewhere with this. It has to do with healing. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The Amplified said he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God will and won't do? Look at Jesus. He is the visible representation of the invisible God. And if ever you have a question about doctrine of what God will and will not do, then we got to go to Jesus and we got to see what he did because he shows us the Father's heart. Hebrews 1.3, this goes right along with this. I know I'm going quick here. I guess I could slow down. I really don't have that many notes. Um... Hebrews 1.3, sometimes I feel like I'm running a marathon up here. Depending on how my day is gone, sometimes I just keep running. Hebrews 1.3, King James Version. I'll throw a King James Version in here for you. Briefly, and then I'll read it out of the NIV and the Amplified. So. And why I do that, it's not because I believe one version is better than the other. But for me, sometimes just changing one word... Like, and the Amplified's pretty accurate. When it puts a, a, a definition of a word in parentheses, I usually check it in the Strong's Concordance, uh, the Greek or the Hebrew, and I've always found it to be pretty close to right. It just uses a little more, it amplifies. It gives a few more words to just make the word have meaning. So when I do that, it's just so maybe it'll click for you in one version when it didn't in another version. Hebrews 1.3, who being, Jesus, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Out of the NIV, it says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. Amplified. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Jesus is the perfect imprint. Perfect. Never not once did he do something that was against the will of God. Never not once, because that would be sin. Never did he do anything that was outside the will of God. He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. I like the way that's worded. God has a nature. He has a way of being. He has an M.O. He has, he has a personality. He has a, a who he is. He has character. 
And Jesus is the very image of that nature. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. I read all of this <laughs> to, to prove from the word that Jesus' nature was to heal because it is God's nature to heal. It's his nature. It is his nature to heal. And man, when I got to thinking about that today, my notes got junky. I hope I can read them. You're familiar with this passage if you've been here long enough, but in Acts 10, in verse 38, he says, uh, King James Version, God anointed, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You think it was God's will for him to do what he anointed him to do? Well, yes. He anointed him. He gave them the, the ability, the power to do this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. To do what? Absolutely. Let's look and see what he did. When he received that anointing and that power... He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of God. <laughs> no. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And that word oppression is like a heavy weight that, that's, that's on you, that's holding you down, that's crushing you, that's, that's holding you back. It's like something heavy on your on your chest and and that's what sickness and disease is i don't care if it's a cold you're not as free <laughs> it, it, it it's a it's a oppression of the devil it holds you back and it keeps you from doing what you need to do so he went about and he was healing now this is a different word healing this isn't the therapeutic word that we read earlier and i'm going to spell it just to, instead of trying to say it i a o M-A-I. And it means a cure. It means it reverses a condition. It usually refers to a progressive cure. And this is what mom was talking about because I don't know if you could hear her because we didn't have the mics on. But she was talking about, you know, when, when the believer lays hands on the sick, it says they shall recover. A progression starts when the believer lays hands on you, something starts. The trouble comes when we don't feel it or we don't see it. We start speaking against it and we stop it. But this, this healing word, according to Renner and what I could find in the concordance, usually refers to a progressive cure, a condition reversing and going back to health. This is so much, oh wait, we forgot a very important the verse. Um, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, why? Because God was with him. Because, and that's who God is. That's God's nature. So if God's with you, you're going to want people healed. And yes, this lesson is about us being able to receive our health, Okay. 
But this is so bigger than that. Because there comes a time when you need to be the one who reaches across the counter at Walmart to that, if they have a checker, um, <laughs> and, and say, hey, I'm praying for your health. You know, there comes a time we have to be so convinced that it is the nature of our God and so convinced that Jesus came to heal and that that was one of his primary purposes here on the earth was to show people the, the Father's heart in, through healing that we step out in it and we proclaim it to somebody else. I don't want this to be a selfish, selfish message. I want us to get so established that it's just the scripture, and I don't have it down, but we're going to study it at some point. We've studied it before. Jesus said that healing was the children's bread. Bread's not uncommon, folks. Bread's not rare. He said, this is the children's bread. This is children's bread. It's the children's bread. Think about that. We'll study that probably at some point, maybe if we get to it, but not tonight. He healed because God was with him. It is so much who God is that he named himself Jehovah Rapha. He called himself Jehovah Rapha. He revealed himself in the Old Testament to the people as I am the God that healeth thee. That means I am Jehovah God Rapha. I am God your healer. He's so much that in character that it's part of his name. It's part of his name. It's who he is. I am the God that's in Exodus 15 if you want to find it and look it up and study it. It's who God is. It's his name. Jesus is the son of God. Healing's in his DNA. If he's going to be like God, he's got he's to heal because healing's in his DNA. He's the son of God. Jehovah Rapha. He's the son of Jehovah Rapha. He's the son of Jehovah Rapha. Healing's in his DNA. He's going to be healing somebody. He wants to do it tonight. He's already paid for it. The scripture tells us that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. If we were healed, I am healed. Now my body needs to line up with that. But until I proclaim it, proclaim that good news, my body's just going to keep doing what my body was doing. I'm not resisting anything. I'm not standing up against anything. It's in his healing, it's in his DNA. Healing is in his DNA. In fact, when God was, remember when we talked about the, the words of the prophets being the seed that was placed in Mary's womb and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what Mary was pregnant with the word. 
and the, the words that the prophets had spoken down through the ages of time that formed the seed of who Jesus was be. It was all, it was all spoken ahead of time. Part of that seed was healing. That's how important it was to God that that part of his nature be passed on to his son. He made sure that DNA was in that seed. The prophet spoke that he would be a healer. So, so God made sure that that seed that was placed in Mary had the healing in it. That's beautiful to me. Let's go to Isaiah. I wasn't going to go there, but we're going to go there. If God didn't want him to heal, he wouldn't have put it in his DNA. But he put it in there because it's just the nature of God. Are y'all getting that? I mean, that just went all over me today. I mean, I, and I've been taught healing all my life. I'm, I'm a believer. I mean, I believe it. Um, I may not be walking in it perfectly, but I don't, I don't judge the word by my body. <laughs> I make my body line up with the word. And I'm just wrong somewhere if I hadn't received it. I'm still working on it. But I believe it. I believe it. Isaiah 53. Let's, let's start in verse 3. Speaking of Jesus prophetically, now this is before Jesus was ever born on the earth, so this is the words of the prophets inspired by the Holy Ghost to speak these words, and then they were written for us, okay? So this is words that were, that were uh, needed to be spoken about him so that they could come to pass in the earth. Verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And if you remember on the cross, they thought that he was being cursed by God for blasphemy. But, verse 5, but he was wounded for my transgressions. And he was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He's spoken in the present tense. Jesus isn't even born on the earth yet. That's how sure the word of God is. When he says that he believes it's coming to pass. Now I'm going to say he knows it's coming to pass. He's gonna, he watches over his word. The scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. And that, that's, that's the DNA of God being placed in Jesus through prophetic words. Let's look at, mm, well, I'll just refer to it because I want us to have time to pray. Malachi 4.2 says that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. When that woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched the wings of his garment, and healing virtue flowed into her body. And she was healed of that plague. That DNA had been placed in him by God through the words of the prophets. And we got to see it come to pass. Uh, another reference, you don't have to turn there, but just make note of these. Uh, Isaiah 35, 5. 
and Isaiah 29:18, the prophet speaks of the day when the blind will see and the deaf will hear, when the lame will walk, when the lepers will be cleansed, when the dead will be raised and the gospel will be preached. The good news. This is the words of the prophets being forming the DNA that Jesus will live out. And I want to, referring to those, go to Matthew 11. And, and verse 2. This is an interesting passage because <clears throat> uh, John's in prison. And it says, now when John, this is uh, Matthew 11. Verse 2, now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, what, what Jesus was out there doing, he sent two of his disciples and he said unto him, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? He, you know what he's saying? Are you the Messiah that's been prophesied? All these years we've, we've heard the prophecies of the Messiah, the one that's coming. Are you the one or do we keep looking? And Jesus answered, and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You know what he's saying? Yep. I'm it. You know how I'm it? Because you are seeing in the flesh the DNA that was prophesied. You're seeing the result of it. And I love that God gave us the scripture where we can see the prophecies and then we can watch them be fulfilled because it just shows us the nature of God was always to bring healing. It's always to bring healing. And, you know, if you struggle with this and, and maybe you've dealt with sickness and disease and, and, uh, or maybe someone you love uh, believed for their healing, didn't look like they received their healing here on, like, or here on this side of earth, which it's provided for, um, and, and we begin to struggle and begin to doubt, we begin to, to throw in the what-ifs and, and the whys and and I just want to encourage us to always go back to the word and let the word be the final authority. And, you know, there's sometimes that we have to just go, I don't know why. But I do know that your word is truth. And I'm choosing it. I'm choosing it above my own experience. I'm choosing it over that horrible experience where my loved one died, sick. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to believe your word. You know, that's faith. And, and sometimes, you know, I would look at Rusty and he would, he would ask me questions when Wade was killed because he, he wasn't as far along in, in this kind of teaching as, as I was that many years ago, 11, almost 11 years ago. And he would, he would ask me a, a question, and I'd say, baby, either we believe this or we don't. And that's a hard thing to say when you're burying your kid. But we either believe this or we don't. If we don't, let's go fishing. 
but we do. We do, and I ch- we choose. We've got to get to a place where we go, God, I've got a, co- a co- thousand doubts running through my head. But you remember what the father said, the literal earthly father, uh, said to Jesus when, when he, he came to him and asked him to heal his son? He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Okay. That's important to me. Because what he's saying is, I'm believing you. I'm believing you. I got, a, I got a thousand doubts running through my head right now, but I'm choosing to believe you. And you know, Jesus went with that. He went with that. That's all he needed. See, faith is not a lack of thoughts of doubt. It's overcoming thoughts of doubt. And that's, in, that's important to believe in, uh, in our healing because thoughts are going to come. Because your body, if you're believing for, for your healing, you're believing to be able to receive it. So you're not trying to talk God into it because God's already provided it. Jesus already took the stripes. Uh, Jesus is set down. It's done. It's finished. He's not going back to the cross to take stripes again for what you're dealing with. He's done it. It's provided. Now, we're learning to walk in faith, and we're learning how to receive what God has provided. And so don't, if you have thoughts, like your pain comes, we lay hands on you, pain comes, you know, five minutes later, or even while we're laying hands on you. Stick with the word. And look, you got to know where you are. And, and we're not going to be a cult and say you can't take medicine. And we're not going to be a cult and say you can't go to the doctor. i got to know where I am. And, and if I cannot go, huh, just save me a couple thousand dollars. But if I need to go to live, I'm going. And I'll learn while I'm going. I'll learn while I'm going. And I'll keep, I won't take back my statement of faith just because I'm having to take an antibiotic or, or go see a doctor, stick with what the Word said, do what you need to do to live, and let's keep, let's keep growing, as John taught us for two weeks, give yourself some grace to grow. But don't die trying to be some superhero of faith. We've seen it happen. Now my, mom, my mom and dad had a friend who who just wouldn't, she had signs of breast cancer. I was a kid, a young kid. I think this may have even been before we moved up here. And I, I was 10 when we moved up here. Um, just had obvious signs. She wouldn't go. She died. Now, we all know the best way is to not have to go and to be instantly healed or progressively healed. But by all means, let's keep the door open to live. Let's not get over into ignorance. Let's use our faith as far as our faith has grown. But, you know, I believe God put medicine in the earth. I believe he put, put things in the earth. I believe he gives medical physicians uh, brilliant minds. Uh, the ultimate is, is to be supernaturally healed. But if I need help, I just want you to know I'm going to get it. And we're not going to be one of those people that's going to look down on you because you're going to the doctor to get help. We want you alive. 
<laughs> we want you living. And so please don't ever take this message in the wrong way. Um, we, the end result is health. The end result is health. So uh, any, any questions tonight? I know uh, we're, we're not done. We may have stirred up a lot of questions, and we may answer them next week. But um, it's a great subject. Uh, it's, it's controversial uh, to a great degree, and I believe we can always go back to the genesis of things. Uh, when, when we're studying doctrine, we can always go back to the, uh, when it's first mentioned, and we can, we can learn a lot from Genesis, <laughs> the genesis of things, and seeing the, the heart of God. Oh, Brett's got the mic. Miss Marilyn. Uh, what were you saying about the medicine? I remember when I first started coming here, Charles Capps came over in the old building, and he made a statement that just kind of set me free. Uh, he said that, go to the doctor. He said, medicine won't heal you, but it won't keep you from getting healed. That's good. So I, I just, That's really I, good. Yeah, you know, I, I thought of that when you were talking about that. It aids the body in it healing body, itself. Yes. Know, but and it, isn't that amazing that God put healing in our bodies? To, yeah. I mean, that shows you the will of God right there. That's good, Marilyn. Thank you. Up, up here, Britt. And I, I did make, I, I didn't do a long one, but I, and I just ran about 10 of these, but um, I took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine, 12, about 12 verses on here. I wrote them out and then put, you know, just something for you to, say or to make it personal you know when when you take a scripture and you read it um and you you put me or I in there man it just really changes the power of the verse you've got to see yourself in the scripture it's written for you and so if I said I he personally bore my sins in his body on the tree um, that I might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, I have been healed. That is just so much more powerful than when I say you. You know, when I make it personal, it just really means something. So I encourage you to do that. If you need some healing scriptures, uh, y'all can grab one of these or take a picture of it with your phone. Like I said, it's, it's just verses. And then in blue, I have, you know, just something to try to make it personal to you but take them say them to yourself and that's how you build your faith to be able to believe you're not born able to believe in supernatural healing you're 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 not you have to build your faith and you're going to build your faith from the word of god so you know y'all just stand with me and I've been standing a long time. Y'all can, y'all can stand a while. You know, and, and we're going to be teaching this for a couple of weeks. So if, if, if you're not ready to pray about something, just wait. If it's something you can wait on. But if you're like, uh, I can believe this. I can believe this. This is what the scripture says. It says, the believer shall lay hands on the sick and they 
shall recover. That means when somebody lays hands on you, something starts. We talked about this a while ago. Something starts. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. You know, we, we, we believe in setting a time to receive. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. When was she going to be made whole? When she touched it. And so you've got to set the time to receive. And then even if you don't feel like anything happened, you choose to believe. And you let that progression of healing take place in your body. You know, your immune system was given by God. It was given by God. And I, I believe that his word can add to what our bodies are lacking. You know, what nature has kind of taken from our bodies, I believe that God can supplement that with our faith and we can receive.